Welcome to Identity of Health. My name is Matt Rowe, the founder of Identity of Health, a certified health coach who was diagnosed with MS and found that MS was the greatest gift ever handed to me. If you are looking for inspiration and motivation, you are in the right place. During each episode, we are going to hear inspiring stories from those that have gone on to live incredible lives after they have been diagnosed with the disease, along with meeting those that are healing others and improving their patients' lives. Now come join me for your dose of inspiration. Welcome everybody to the Identity of Health podcast. I have a superstar that in my mind, I have I have shared Kevin's story in my identity of MS group and hearing his story has inspired me. And I have the pleasure of interviewing Kevin Smith today. And uh, Kevin is a father of a 14 month old, beautiful daughter, father of a pit bull and married for the last couple of years. But what's really been amazing is Kevin has gone from a wheelchair from being diagnosed with MS to now a bodybuilder and living a beautiful life with multiple sclerosis. So welcome, Kevin, to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So tell me a little bit about your story, Kevin. I mean, back from the beginning of when you were first diagnosed and all those moments that you've had. Oh boy. Um, I was 22. I was in college. I was working at Target early mornings, throwing free, and then going to school in the evening. Um, one night I was out hanging with friends and drinking you know, the good college stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went home around midnight and I'd be work at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> college life. It's college. Um, yeah. I woke up at 3 a.m. and my left eye was all the way to the left mm-hmm. and my other eye was straight forward it's like eyes of a lizard mm-hmm. i was like oh man what the heck panic terrified i called my dad i was like oh there's something wrong in my eyes he's like oh it's probably because you're tired you can get enough sleep yeah it's didn't sound right but hey my dad mm-hmm. i'll go with it um i went back to sleep or i called my boss and told him and he laughed at it i went back mm-hmm. to sleep and he told me to call whenever i woke up see if anything changed when I woke up, it was about 10 a.m. Of course, nothing changed. So I, I drove like a, a standard Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. So I kept having to like switch eyes, shift gears, like back and forth, back and <laughs> forth, all the way to the doctor's office. And so I walked in the doctor's office, like I was embarrassed because my eye. So I kind of went down on my head, ducks, mm-hmm. nobody could see it. And they asked me what the problem was. They saw my face and the doctor came out, I was like, oh, we can't do nothing for you. You're going to go to the emergency room wow man that rush of like oh terror terror um so then back in the hottest shifting gears for like five mile drive at that point driving and traffic and all that jazz yeah Yeah. it was rough when i got to there i'd fill out paperwork and do a whole process again and doctor is like well you got a brain tumor or you have multiple sclerosis we'll figure out which one it is (laughs) and i'm by myself at this point in the emergency room Oh, it's the most sickening feeling ever. I'm just absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. And then after they sent me for MRI, mm-hmm. I concluded that I have multiple sclerosis. I had no idea what MS was. I just knew it was crippling. Because I mean, mm-hmm. you see it in like TV shows. 
And it's always yes. bad. And you hear Montel Williams had it, and there's even he dropped out of the show and all that. So I'm like, oh man, I'm too young for this. I got my life just starting. Here I am, sick. You're 22. I was 22. You're getting this. Yep. Wow. And I, I was there all by myself because my dad, he's he's pretty much disabled too. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have nobody to really lean on against time. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor came in, he gave me all these pamphlets of like uh, life within a mask, which I look forward to. And I just had tears streaming down my face. Like it's mm. pretty heartbreaking because you, you think it's an end. Mm. And then I get sent to a doctor and I got the, these little, like little ball, like steroid balls mm-hmm. to fix my eye. They screw it in. I have to like every other day, like screw these things in an IV type thing. And that fixed my eye eventually. And I just pretty much gave up on life. Like I literally just gave up. I accepted MS and I was taking the infrared betas and taking these jets in my stomach and being on the ground shivering cold in the middle of the summer and Texas summer. It's hot, but I'm yeah. freezing cold on the floor, just sick every other day. So it's not really a life. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I started uh, collapsing at Target. I was walking and just fall to the ground because my legs were giving out on me. Mm-hmm. So then I was having to work at Target in a wheelchair. And especially during the Christmas time, I learned that people don't really respect people that are in a wheelchair. Like people are very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I had people walking over top of me or pushing me out of the way. And I just, it was rough. Holy cow. And you know, you had said at that time, you were starting to give up on life. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then to get that disrespect at work from even just patrons that you are coming that, in. And then you start getting like your, your friendships kind of fade away a little bit. Because nobody yeah. knows how to really treat you now, mm-hmm. or they feel like, uh, what are they going to do with you? What what can they involve you in? So everything kind of just peters right. out, relationship wise too. Relationships yeah. fade out because then you see a future of what am I going to do with this person when things get worse? Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot of failed relationships at that time too, because mm-hmm. it's their realization that the potential that this can lead to this, the potential of this will get to that. So it's really the strong survive in that situation. Yeah. And especially when they see you in a wheelchair, Yeah, they're not seeing the future of this is what this guy could do. They're seeing it very myopically. Yeah. Holy cow. So how did you get out of that space? So now this really, I would say, was that the bottom where you had, you know, when they say that you've hit rock bottom, was that that was the absolute bottom? Like I I pretty much, I was on disability. I was mm-hmm. getting 800 bucks a month on disability. You can't really live on that. No. So I was having to live in my dad's house. I'm 22, 23, 24 around this time. I'm living at my dad's house, getting disability. And that's pretty much rock bottom. Because like, I'm seeing, that's around faith time. Facebook started really building up. Yeah. And seeing the people I graduated with, they're having families and all these successful careers. And I'm at my dad's house, rotting away pretty much. Yeah, in a wheelchair. Watching everybody pass by me, and here I am doing nothing. That was pretty much rock bottom. Wow, that's a tough place to come from because at this time too, I can't imagine there's a lot of like Facebook groups or people out there that are giving you any semblance of hope. That I honestly, I didn't even think about that at that time. Like I, I didn't even know there was groups. Like I pretty much, I became a recluse. My God. I already seen what it can do. So I just avoided seeing even further of it. 
Mm. I just didn't see a point in life anymore, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the change of point, my little brother, he was in Oklahoma. He's mm-hmm. playing for Oklahoma Baptist University. Yep. Football. Mm-hmm. And he saw me pretty much give up. So he moved down from Oklahoma, left school, came down. And we went to school together at that time. We started going to Navarro, yeah, Navarro College in Waxhatchee uh, Community College. Mm-hmm. And he went to one of my doctor's appointments with me. And I was looking up this drug because I, I have these spasms that are like being electrocuted, like convulsions, jerking. Like it's, it's pretty crazy looking. I, I've seen so many doctors and nobody can ever do anything. I've never seen anything like that. That's the common like word for it. Yeah, I, I love that. Like when yeah, they're like, I've oh, no, we haven't that seen that one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes it even worse. Oh. Like, oh, crap. Yeah, thanks but, uh, for the hope. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I looked up this drug. It was called Marinol. Uh-huh. Marinol is marijuana pill, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. It was seen all like, I mean, this is before marijuana sterling. It's from 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. I saw all the pills and how it can help the spasm, the elasticity and all that jazz. Right. So I told my doctor about it. He's like, oh, no, that's highly regulated, yada, yada. Let's try something else. And my brother was sitting behind the doctor, and he watched the doctor get on bean.com. That, whenever we left, my brother told me that. And I was like, well, if he can do that, so can I. So that's what I started doing. I started mm-hmm. researching drugs, not drugs, but like um, diet, nutrition. And my brother's mm-hmm. like, well, they've done it his way. Now let's do it my way. So mm-hmm. he worked at GNC. So he had, you know, a bunch of stuff that he can get me, supplements and all that jazz. Sure. And that's where I got my first gym membership. Like I never worked out in my life. I never cared to. Like I didn't see yeah. the point. And I started going to the gym. And in the beginning, I fought my brother so hard. Like I don't see the point in this. I don't want to do it. Usually mm-hmm. it's you've already given up. So it's somebody trying to push you, you fight back resistance. Mm-hmm. And that's for like the first month. That's all it was. Like I, I, I don't want to. My legs hurt today. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And my brother kept pushing me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no. It feels a little bit. No, no, no. And take your time, Kevin, because I mean, there's a reason your brother kept pushing you because he knew you were worth it. You knew he knew you were worth every moment through all this and all the lives that you are going to inspire. Yeah. Uh, he didn't let me quit. And I went to the gym every day. About, about a month into it, I started going every day. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing because I'd never worked out. Mm-hmm. So I'd get on the stationary bike and I would put the resistance up a little bit and I'd start pedaling and I'd watch these people work out. And I did that every day. I just watch people to figure out how, what they were doing and how to do it the appropriate way to do so nobody makes fun of me. Mm-hmm. And then also notice that after a while, the bike, I would get off the bike and my legs were like energized, the bunny recharging. Like mm-hmm. my legs weren't hurting. I could get a few days of no pain in my legs. And that's when I knew something was working differently. Mm-hmm. So then it became like, well, let's see how much further I can push this. Mm-hmm. So then I do legs a little more and then I start doing a little bit of weights. And then I do legs a lot more, a little more weights. And I just kept building further and further and further. And I had no idea what I was doing was actually going to do something. Like I was just going at it. And then my brother's like, hey, we're going to go to Padre. So then at that point, I'm like, oh, I need to get in really good shape, go on the beach. Right. So then it gives you a goal. Like it, mm-hmm. it's set a goal, like it's like six months forward. So I'm like, oh, and you get in shape. So then you start building a goal. And once you get that goal, then it's like, oh, let's see if I can go a little further, a little further, a little further. 
It gives me mm-hmm. something to drive for. And that's what everything I've done since then. I found a goal and I set a goal just enough to reach it. And then another goal, a little further to reach. So it's like constantly a goal. Like you have to be goal oriented to find something to chase. And that's what gives you a reason. Yeah. You really went out there and you identified. Now, did you notice that how you felt during this time as you were going through, as you were working out more, you're on stationary bike, you're doing that type of work. Did you notice your mindset starting to shift in regards? I mean, you were rock bottom and then all of a sudden you started to make these little changes forward. There was also something else included in that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the time period, my my best friend, Jeremy, his wife was a nurse mm-hmm. and she gave me this book called The Secret. Have you heard mm-hmm. The Secret? Yeah, I do. Well, when she showed me the secret, I thought it was a crock. I guess this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Little hooey. And I read it and I was like, this is BS. Like it's just yeah. sounds like too easy, too easy to be true. It's false. Mm-hmm. And then I I'm like, well, I got nothing to lose. Let's try it. So I started focusing on small goals, like small thought process. Because without exercise is one thing, your diet's one thing, but the other, the other little puzzle piece is your mind mm-hmm. like if you don't correct your mind all that work that you're doing in the gym your diet it mm-hmm. doesn't all fit together right yep like your mind is the most that little puzzle piece that has to be put in place for it all to combine so once i learned 100%. that my mind i have to align it with everything else that's mm-hmm. when everything really started to change like i any anybody like when somebody says oh you have ms i'm sorry like i i don't take that like I pushed. No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got anybody that feels sorry for you, that becomes a crutch. Yep. And you don't realize it. Like I didn't realize whenever I was falling down that path, everybody that felt sorry for me or they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. That must be rough. Mm-hmm. No, it's the best thing ever happened in my life. Like I am so grateful. I got in this. Like I, yeah, I am probably one of the few people that are like, I, I love this disease. Like I'm happy. I got this because it's, it's made me such a better person. It's made me so much goal oriented. Like it's gave me a drive. Yep. And without it, I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. It's, it's can be MS is sometimes the greatest wake up call we ever receive because it grabs you right by the ears and the and universe, God, whatever you believe in grabs you by the ears. And it's like, Nope, I got bigger plans for you. You got it. Yep. So you're working out, you're doing this stuff. You're going down to Padre Island. You're and at this point, you're out of the wheelchair. Are you walking at this point? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm walking at that point. Okay. Awesome. Walking like pretty much pain-free. Like I'm on top of the world at that point. Oh yeah. I mean, especially after coming out of the chair. So are you yeah. still on medication at this point or have you? Said- no, I quit. The day I left the uh, doctor's office, mm-hmm. I tossed all medication. Like I stopped instantly. Mm-hmm. Like I even told the doctor, like I'm done. He's like, oh, that's going to be the worst decision you ever made. You'll be in, you'll be done within a few years what it's i'm gonna be in a wheelchair yeah like, right i'm He's there like, already worse. once you stop meds you're gonna get so much worse yep okay fine let's, let's see what happens you know at that point i don't care yeah what, what else is gonna get worse like how am i get much further in 22 in a wheelchair giving up on life how right. much further is it gonna go i love it when i went to into my neurologist and she said um if you don't get on this medication right now in seven months you're gonna be back in my office and you'd be begging me for it because you're going to be in a chair. That's what I'd be like, challenge walking. accepted. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, challenge accepted. Exactly. 
And, you know, when you read through the pamphlet on the medication, I'm reading through this spot and it says, this is only 27% effective. And in 38% of the people we gave it to, it made them worse. And And I'm like, I think I'm pretty sure that's what made me worse was medication. And then you, I was taking the the Tysabri was the last because I went Copaxone, Rebith and Tysabri. Tysabri, just just the thought of me going in there and getting PML, that was Mm -hmm. crippling enough. Yeah, it was terrifying. I'm taking this drug where it's going to rot my brain. What's the point of taking this stuff? Right, exactly. So there's there's definitely at this point, your mind has started to shift. And I love how you pointed the secret. Yeah, that book gets a little wooey. But I think that book misses a key critical component, which is emotion. Which is feeling it, like feeling every bit of it as you go through it, as you start to walk again. I can imagine you're pretty fired up. Oh, it's it's uh it's hard to put in words like I, I remember getting getting like after getting off the bike and the next day i remember there was this the, one of the, the tough times where i was laying in bed and it's like right before i really got out of the wheelchair well the chair i was still having leg pain mm-hmm. i remember i was laying in the bed and i was crying because i could not go to sleep because my legs were hurting so bad mm. and i'm not the type of person that really praise praise like i pray you know take care of my family yada yada Mm -hmm. but i never had a conversation with god Mm -hmm. i got on my knees legitimately for the first time ever and i prayed and i asked for just one more day to know what it's like to be normal Mm -hmm. just to have one more day of it all back Mm -hmm. and i remember i got in bed oh i felt chills i got got goosebumps i was like okay i feel it now show me and I got in bed and I woke up the next day and all pain was gone. And then that was where I was like, all right, you know what, let's, let's do this. So then I really gripped on and chased. I didn't stop. Like it gave me a reason to keep pushing further. Amen. I think it's where the big mind part comes into play. Like mm-hmm. Once you change your thinking and you change, get faith, good go. I like how you set little goals for yourself. And as you walk down there, it was just this little piece here, a little bit more and a little bit more. And so I think a lot of individuals, they go out and they're like, oh, I'm in, let's say I'm bedridden today or I'm in a chair today. And they're like, three months from now, I want to be running a marathon. It's so big that I don't think our minds can really wrap around this huge leap. Now, I'm not saying for everybody it's that way. No, it's them small. Small goals equal a big picture. Yep. You Small things. You start with small things, gradually work your way up. Mm-hmm. Most people who are wanting instant gratification. There's most likely we'll never get instant gratification. Like, yeah, it was a long process for me from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. I get it was days like I had some I lived. I got lucky because I lived maybe three blocks from the gym. So mm-hmm. whenever I go home from college, I would get bored at home. I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym. And yeah. I get home and I'll eat a little bit. I'm like, I'm bored. I'll go to the gym. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that really, I guess, pushed me as I lived down the street from the gym. But it still yeah. gave me something to do. And it still has little goals, little goals, yeah. little goals. Lifting. I had this goal. The weights were in a big, long line of the wall. Yeah. And I had a goal from get from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. I don't really set a time is my goal. I wanted to be able to get that weight all the way to the end of the rack. Mm-hmm. And every day I'd get in and I would try, try, try. And within six, seven, eight months, I got midway down the rack. 
Mm-hmm. And then a year down, I'm doing every one of those all up to 120 pounds, small goals. Holy cow. And it took a year. Oh, it took about a year and six months. It was a good chunk before yeah. I got all the way to the end. But just small things, like I would just find small, small goals, like adding five more pounds, 10 more pounds. Yeah. A little mile here, an extra mile there. Yep. Baby steps. Now, emotionally at this time, I mean, when you're hitting those little milestones, those little baby steps as you're climbing, how are you feeling through this? I'm proud. Like I, I have never lifted weights. So even adding mm-hmm. 500 pounds, I'm like, yeah. And then once <laughs> people start taking notice, like it, it builds right. you up a little more. They have people mm-hmm. compliment me like, oh gosh, what happened to you? Like, oh, that's even more. It comes more addicting. Yeah. And then you just want to go further and further and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Right. It's, yeah. That's, so, I know that the endorphins, when you work out, it makes you happy. It does. But whenever you work out and you get happy, you, mm-hmm. you then once you, I guess when you come from the bottom, Mm-hmm. And we start working out, you get happier. It makes you want it more and more. Mm-hmm. So working out then becomes an addiction. Yeah. But then I would imagine at this point, after coming from the bottom, you probably told yourself at this time, there's no way I'm going back there. Oh, that, don't, that ain't ever going to happen. Right. Like it, it was like not even a thought in your mind. It was just always moving forward towards well, that. Yeah. Now picture. it's mind blowing that I was ever at that spot. Yep. Like, I, I don't see how I can never not be where I am now. I don't, I don't understand why I let myself get that way. Mm-hmm. But now that I've been that where I am now, I'm, like it's, I help people all over the world that have MS. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I tell them. It's you got to fix your mind. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't say that you can't do something because we're at that point. You've done given up. You've yeah. done told yourself you can't do it. So what's the point of doing it? Right. You have to at least try Mm-hmm. you don't try you don't know if you can or can't do it mm-hmm. it's nothing big it's those that that little goal that you had set small, for yourself small small things Give small wins. little puzzle piece to make a big picture mm-hmm. amen you're absolutely right that house you're sitting in right now wasn't built just all of a sudden it just showed up one day you got it small right. pieces built together that's right 100 percent so Kevin, like 10 times now, small things. Make a big <laughs> so if anybody's listening to this podcast, I think you get the basis of this podcast. <laughs> small things equal the bigger picture and just keep moving, moving, moving forward. And, yeah. and just don't stop. I mean, at some One point, break, don't I mean, make a house. It takes a whole bunch of them. There you go. See, yeah. I'll keep rolling to it. <laughs> right. So now that you're little steps, so you're on this journey, you're lifting weights, you're doing all this stuff what happens then? Like you are starting to see those little small wins. You're feeling good at this point about yourself. What? Uh, then we end up leaving Navarro and I got accepted in Oklahoma state, um, right. Southeastern Oklahoma state university. Mm-hmm. And I shared a dorm room with my brother and my cousin and a random guy that we, it was a four bedroom apartment type thing. Sure. Um, we were going through pre-workout. I pre-workout at that time like I pre-workout helped me fight the MS fatigue mm-hmm. and that is a oh that's the worst thing ever is MS fatigue like you don't realize it until you actually have it and you're like oh man it's like a weight dragging you behind mm-hmm. yeah uh, the pre-workout it became like the thing that I needed to push me at the gym like the extra little bit of something because coffee don't do it sodas doesn't do it but pre-workout good to go yep 
we were burning through pre-workout because three of us are taking it. Like we're all we're jocks now at this point. Yeah. And I had this idea. I have random ideas and I've, I've learned, I have a random idea. I always go with it. Like I don't care what mm-hmm. anybody says, they make fun of it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. The random idea I had at this point was I'm going to email USP labs and tell me how great I love the product. Mm-hmm. Cause I was taking Jack 3d at the time. Yeah. And my cousin and brother, they're like, Oh, that's a dumb idea. It'll never work out. You got it. I just want a free samples, but I sent them before and after picture before anybody ever knew my story. Yeah. Like it was, this was the beginning. And I sent them the picture and I was like, I love your product. It's gotten me, it's helped get me from this point to this point. Mm-hmm. And that just best idea ever. Because yeah. then instead of just getting samples, I got full sponsorship. Wow. Never even been on stage, never done anything with full sponsorship. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where I got my first few magazines. Like, oh, mind blowing. Yeah. And then that gives it more of a drive. Just that little, yeah. little something that i've never done before some mm-hmm. small random idea that now i've blown up to like massive i've been i'm in national publication bodybuilding magazines yeah and it is small ideas that have, i don't know i've done so many crazy things with small ideas that people made fun of i love and, that you listen to yourself though and that's how it was with the bodybuilding what's the dumb idea that'll never work you're oh. just gonna hurt yourself those yeah, are the best ones <laughs> you got it okay so now bodybuilder magazine has called mm-hmm. you your sponsor for the supplement company you got it at that point so mm-hmm. now they call you now are they wanting you to do competition um i mean i thought about it at one point like that was a goal mm-hmm. and then the more i guess i got involved in the industry i'm like nah i'd just rather just work out and mm-hmm. appreciate what i'm doing yeah, just be. Uh, that was Smith. a goal at one point. I wanted to get on stage at least one time and show what I'd done. Yeah. And I guess see over time, I've just kind of waited away from that. Yeah. You're not. But I've been now been sponsored it. by probably like five supplement companies. Yeah. I've been in multiple magazine publications and all that jazz. But I think the the main thing is that that provided more audience, right? Mm-hmm. That put my story for place like bodybuilding.com. Mm-hmm. Um, muscle and strength they got it opened up more eyes mm-hmm. and more eyes have people that know people they miss mm-hmm. and so that's helped me connect with people from here to egypt australia all over yeah. that have ms and it's helped me spread out further and be able to help these people that have mm-hmm. given up and they don't see something outside of medication yeah. Like they think that they're on a death sentence and now they take medication mm-hmm. and they've given up. Like it's a, it's a black plague. Like MS can just be dark. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the right like support system, if you don't have the right mindset, it's dark. Right. And you, you don't see like a light in the tunnel. Like you just, it fades out. It's like a candle slowly burning out. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. And I think that's a, a big part of it is people don't have the right support system. Yeah, hundred percent. And they're they, they go to after that perspective that doctors are gods. You got and it. They don't question it, and they you know. And I love how your brother was behind the screen. He saw your doctor was looking up Bing, like your car mechanic goes to YouTube to yeah. fix your car. So your doctor's on there going, "What am I supposed to do here?" And so really, you started to define at that moment 
this is who I want to be. And these little wins that led you up to it, but nothing happens by accident, Kevin. Um, There's no, no coincidence accident. in this life. God wanted you to lead you down this path. You got it. For a specific reason. I mean, that's how I found you is I read your article in bodybuilding magazine. And I was like, Holy cow. I got to interview this guy, this guy, I got to meet like, this is exactly what we're talking about with so many that whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. hundred percent. Yeah. And what, so what's now, what's next, Kevin? Like you're, I mean, you look healthy. Great. I mean, everything in your life, you got a little girl now, 14 months old, you've been married two years and you're starting to craft this life that you want to live. Not what was told to you, but this is what I want in my life. So what's you next? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what's next. Like I, I don't know, the baby step goals, like mm -hmm. day yeah. by day, I haven't really set like a huge yeah, it's more of day by day thing, but right. I think the biggest part of my process now is my wife, mm. the support system. I think that's the big part. It's I've had relationships to where that person can be a crutch mm -hmm. or she can add to the black plague. Mm. They'll dim your light. If you don't have the right support system, that'll help not let you quit, not give up, not feel bad for yourself. If you're yep. hurting pick you up and carry you you know mm -hmm. it i think that's like the big part of my life now is my wife is a good support system mm -hmm. and now i have a kid and every time i come from work and i got a little kid saying dad dad like oh man that's that's motivation itself that's inspiration yeah you got it 100 percent. but no i mean i had somebody told me when i was 17 years old 97 percent of your happiness will be the woman you marry and or the person you marry. And they're absolutely 100% right is, you know, we marry up because every once it. in a while, we need a kick in the butt to get us out of our victim. And every once in a while, we need to be carried. And every once in a while, we need to be supported you along got it. this journey. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of the process is the score system, whether mm -hmm. it's your parents, your siblings, your neighbor, like, you got to have somebody that you can lean on, but also don't let you fall. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So well said. Well, Kevin, this has been an incredible interview. And I really want to thank you so much for taking your time today to talk to me. And it's been a pleasure meeting you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're so welcome. So um, everybody, if you haven't had a chance to check out Kevin's story, I will make sure that in this actual podcast and all the podcast notes, his Kevin's story is in there definitely do some research on Kevin. And remember, it's just those little steps moving forward. It's nothing big. Just keep moving. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope you left inspired. Leave us a five-star review and begin following us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, if you are diagnosed with MS and want to join a supportive community, come join us on Facebook in the Identity of MS private group. In the show notes will be a link to join the community. Remember, 
You are good enough to heal anything. And I hope you give yourself permission to heal.